I love doing drugs so much that my lifelong dream was to become a drug dealer and to use as many drugs as I could until the consequences started coming up. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist On Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. And today we're going to talk about the truth of how seducing drugs can be. We've been discussing why they can become so addictive in a person's life. Now, are drugs super addictive? Well, in our last show, Travis Adams described why he thought drugs were so addictive, that they became his whole life thought pattern, like his goal was drugs. His whole purpose was to live from drug to drug and even to sell them. He described often how he would make very poor and risky decisions while trying to attain more drugs, but he couldn't stop despite the danger of the situations that he found himself in. Today, he's going to talk about how eventually his drug addiction landed him in a fight for his life. Travis, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Travis, it's amazing, first of all, you know, that you got brought out of this to be able to look back and talk about this. So thanks again so much for being on the show. Tell me, my friend, how desperate did this drug addiction make you? Like, what would you find yourself doing in order to get your hands on more drugs? Yeah, actually, I got to the place to where I became willing to do anything to get more drugs. As far as criminal activities, I would go in parking lots and break into people's cars or trucks to steal tools out of their trucks or whatever. Anything that I could find that was of value that I could sell it on the street to get more drugs. Either trade it for drugs or sell it to get money to buy more drugs. I found myself breaking into people's houses and robbing their houses. Wow. Yeah, so multiple times breaking into people's houses and looking through their places for anything of value, like I said, that I could use to get more drugs. One specific instance, I actually broke into my uncle's house, and he was a gun collector. And me and my friend broke into his house and stole over 50 weapons from his house. Rifles, pistols, I mean, any and every kind of gauge or caliber of weapon we took from his house and loaded our car with those and went away to sell those guns on the streets to get more drugs. Oh my gosh, Travis, that is crazy. Now, when you were younger, because you grew up from a pretty good family, you never imagined that you'd be doing these things. Never. I grew up a grade A student in elementary school, middle school. Well, before middle school, really, is when I got into the drugs. But I was an athletic person. I would play sports wow. with my dad, you know, just a good wow. kid, you know, yeah. good kid. Yeah. So this, it took over. It like took over your life. Yes. And that's the power of that addiction. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. There were times when you could not get the next fix. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, you couldn't get the next high because you weren't able to attain the drugs. How would you feel? during those times? Those were the lowest moments of my life because there was a depression that came over me and I was a very depressed individual as a teenager and the drugs became a way to cover up that depression and just that lost feeling that I had on the inside. And so when I couldn't find 
the drugs, when I couldn't get that fix, I became face to face with that depression that I had in my heart and I just couldn't bear it. You know, I would find myself cutting myself with knives, cutting my arms and doing things like that. Anything that I could to try to alleviate that depression and to make myself feel different and better somehow. Wow. So it seems like, you know, those lows were so bad that it would make you contemplate like maybe even ending your life at times because it was such a low. Is that right? It is right. I've struggled as a teenager. I struggled with suicidal thoughts constantly. There were times where me and a friend would be out in a field. I grew up on 200 acres of farmland in Georgia. We would be out in our field with a revolver and play Russian roulette and, you know, just do things that were borderline suicidal. Yes. And I had those thoughts throughout my whole teenage life of wanting to end my life. But yet I didn't want to do it because I was afraid that if I did, I would be lost and I would go to hell forever. And I didn't want that to happen. Wow. Now, eventually, you know, as you were doing all these things, right, and it was basically taking over, some consequences caught up and then, you know, you're arrested and you're given the choice between jail time or doing a rehabilitation program. And I understand you chose that rehabilitation program and it's called Teen Challenge. And I understand when you were there, you didn't want to be there, but something happened in your life that changed the trajectory of your life. What happened? So it was a service that we were having at the Teen Challenge. It was a chapel service. And in this particular chapel service, we had a guest speaker come in. And normally Mm. on these days, I would sit in the back and I would tune everything out. I didn't believe that God wanted to have anything to do with me because I was Mm. so bad. I believed in him my whole life. But I thought he didn't want me because of my choices. And on this day, this guest speaker came in and shared a very powerful testimony of how he met Jesus in Vietnam. And while he talked, the presence of God filled the atmosphere in this room. And me and every other boy in the Teen Challenge program, we all knew that the presence of God was here. And there was a tangible presence and anointing there in that room. And we were listening to him. And what happened was he began to tell these other kids in this program, he would look at them and he would tell them things about themselves that only they and God knew about. And when he did that, they would just break down weeping because it was God speaking to them through him. Wow! And I wanted him to come back and do that to me. Mm -hmm. And I thought if he would do that to me, then God really does want me and love me. But he ended up finishing his message and sat down. And when he did, I thought, surely God doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And I sank down in my chair and I had just this heaviness come over me, this weight just pressing on me. And I just thought, okay, I'm lost. And then the director of the program got up and he looked at me and he said, Travis, are you doing okay? And I immediately just broke down weeping. Oh my gosh. So that man got up off of his chair and he came back and knelt down in front of me and didn't say a word to me. And all the boys surrounded me and he didn't say a word, but he put his hand on my chest and he began praying in another tongue, in another language. And when he did, the love and power of God fell on me in such a powerful way that I was instantly set free. And I just wept and wept and wept. And I held this man as I wept and began thanking him for what he had done. But as I began thanking him, he finally interrupted me and said, don't thank me, thank Jesus. 
And so I started thanking Jesus with my own mouth. And when I did, another wave of the love and presence of God filled me. And that weight had just evaporated off of me. And I was just unchanged, man. I've never experienced anything <laughs> like this in my entire life. That is amazing. So you basically encountered Jesus Christ, you know, yes. through the preaching. And your life changes. And I understand you come clean, yeah. at least for a little while. Yeah. What happened to get you back into the drugs? Yeah, so while I was finished off my time in Teen Challenge, I just read my Bible and began praying and seeking this God that I had encountered. But then when I got out and graduated from the program and I went back to Georgia where I grew up, my dad didn't trust me enough yet to let mm. me back into our home where right. I grew up. So I basically was homeless and I had to find different places to stay and I had no other choices but to stay with some of my old friends. Oh, wow. And so what would happen was I would try to live for this God that I had experienced, but eventually I would be tempted and I would smoke a joint with my friends from the pressure from them. Wow. And then when that would happen, because I didn't know the knowledge of the word enough, and I didn't understand the unconditional love and grace of God enough, what would happen was I felt condemned and I felt that God was through with me again and He didn't want to have anything else to do with me because I had messed up and I ended up getting back into it. But it was kind of like, well, I messed up, just I'm going to go fully into it. But you felt even more down. You felt horrible about it. Exactly. But it grabbed a hold of you again. Now, how did you feel every day being a Christian on the inside and then selling marijuana secretly? Like, was it disturbing to you at this point? Well, it was disturbing, but it was the condemnation. Wow, I bet. The condemnation, that was what was really killing me. You know, like I said, I thought God didn't want to have anything else to do with me. And so I thought, well, I might as well, like you said, just go all out and get back into it, which I did. And I, again, still believed in God, but I didn't believe that He still wanted me. I didn't Mm -hmm. believe that He still would accept me because I had failed. After He had mercy on me and He changed me, in Dean Challenge, I got back into it and I felt like, well, I've lost my salvation wow. and I'm gone and I just need to do this for the rest of my life until I die and go to hell. Like you're trapped. Exactly. Right. Like you're trapped. Now, Travis, let's stop there as, I mean, obviously this is really hard to shake this addiction, but I understand that something happened to you that made you walk away from this drug addiction forever. So, and I want to talk about that on our next show. So, Travis, thank you again for being on our show. Thank you, Juan. Let's go deeper right after the break. Hey guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right, and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe 10, some of you 25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, you can clearly see that there are consequences to drug use in Travis's life. 
It was almost like he became like an animal the way he described it. And it seems like the desire for the drugs takes over and it can make a person willing to do anything to get that next high. What a horrible way to live. You know, but God knew he was in this cycle. God knew Travis was having this problem. And then Travis began to encounter God in jail. (laughs) But even then, those desires were still raging within him. I think many can relate to that. You know, where you come to know Christ, but there's still a lot of work to go through. (laughs) Those desires are still there. Therefore, the sin will still manifest and there will be some type of consequences from that sin, as we talked about in our last show. But as a Christian, our goal is to always break free from the cycle of the desires that are in our lives. It is written in 1 Corinthians 6.12, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. As Christians, we're called to not be under the power of any substance or anything, but to understand that we may be able to do it, but those things aren't helpful. So you can hear how horrible it made Travis feel as he was coming back into the drug addiction as a Christian. Now, where are you at with the cycles of desire that manifest in your life? Let's pray for God to break that cycle and for us to now allow that thing to not have power over our lives anymore. Father God, I'm praying for my friend right now in Jesus' name. If there's some type of cycle that's stuck to them right now, by the name of Jesus, we break that power by the power of the cross. Come, Lord Jesus, into our lives and transform us in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.